welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. Good morning again, friends. Welcome to another broadcast of the program, Making a Difference. I'm so happy you're with us again this morning. I pray you're doing well by God's grace, that you're in your right mind and uh, getting all excited about the day and the task that is ahead as you, uh, yes, get the things taken care of to prepare your day. I'm so glad that you're joining us this morning for this broadcast truly appreciate you joining us and uh, just say welcome again to everybody welcome uh, we are in the book of colossians as we turn to the word of god chapter 3 uh, going back to verses 12 and 13 where we were last week so i would like you to just join me turning your bibles there for a moment uh, but before we read the word again, we want to just uh, look to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father, we are so, so grateful for the privilege again, Lord, of being alive, being on the land of the living for another day. Thank you for salvation, for your mercies that you have extended to us. And Lord, we know even as we go about the day, we know we are uh, in for a great day in your presence for we know lord that you are with us and your mercies continue to be extended to us thank you father and lord as we open the word this morning i pray that you would speak to our hearts and i pray O oh god that you would give us all receptive and obedient hearts to receive your word and to obey and do what you've commanded us to do bless our time together we pray this morning in jesus name amen praise the lord amen Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 in your Bible. The scripture reads, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We have been examining the garments for the new man or the clothing for the new man. We looked some time ago at the old man and what the old man was clothed with but now that we are in christ we have surrendered our lives to the lord jesus christ and we are born again the bible says if any man be in christ he's a new creature old things are passed away and behold all things are become new and so what we are talking about now is this newness of life and how we are to clothe ourselves and so we started last week by looking at the eight garment of clothing for the new man and we established the fact of course 
that this is not physical garment we are talking about. And we went on to say that as far as Christians and Christianity is concerned, there is no physical garment that you can say, well, this is the Christian garment. There is no such, despite of what, you know, others might think and believe. What the Bible teaches us about clothing is that it is to be modest. And modesty really means that what is to be covered is covered. And it is not revealing. It's modest. That's really what it means. So whatever type of clothing that we choose, the Bible is saying that it is to be modest. But we are talking here about spiritual clothing, the spiritual garment for the new man. And we said, of course, that there are eight garments, eight pieces of clothing that are mentioned here that we are to be clothing. We said two describe how we are to treat others. That is in mercy and kindness. Two depict our state of mind that we should possess. That is humility and meekness. And that was where we left off last week. And they, the last three, of course, relate to how we are to react when we are mistreated. So we were talking last time we were together about humility and use the example of our Lord washing his disciples' feet to teach them humility. This, of course, is the most vivid expression or vivid demonstration of humility. The master washing the servant's feet. Now we know according to the custom and the tradition, the culture back then, when it comes to the washing of feet, it was the servants that was the least of all who would sit at the entrance when the guests arrive because, of course, they wore sandals and it was a desert place and things, so their feet would have gotten dirty. So as, as a sign of hospitality, the servant, the least of the servant, would have been sitting at the entrance washing the feet of the guest as they arrive. So the one who washed the feet was less than the others, considered less than the others. So Jesus, in demonstrating this humility, we said that he was washing his disciples' feet because he knew that there was a, some uh, animosity developing among them when it comes to position, when it comes to authority, and what spills this over, what started this going, we said, was James and John ask their mother to ask of Jesus this request that when he returned in his kingdom, that one of them would sit on his left and the other would sit on his right. You talk about selfishness. That was a real expression of it. But of course, they were looking for authority. And the scripture tells us that the rest of the disciples, they were angry at James and John because one, they knew that they were the ones who asked their mother to make that request on their behalf. It was not something that the mother of herself thought up. But Jesus replied, said, 
to her that she doesn't know what she's asking because it is not in his power to determine who sits where or where. And so Jesus realized that there was this power struggle going on among his beloved disciples. And so he decided to demonstrate humility to them, what it means to be humble. And so he took the least of the position, the least among them, even though he was Lord of all, he took the least position and he came and he washed their feet, demonstrating to them how they ought to humble themselves. Yes. And so I was asking the question, are we humble enough to serve in the least of positions? Are we humble enough to serve in those menial positions that others would overlook? And I'm asking in the workplace, do you do little things? Or do you see yourself above them when you could have easily done them, but then you believe that if others were to see you doing them, they would think less of you for doing it. But the Bible is clear that it's those who humble themselves are the ones that God exalts. So humility, I'm making the point here, is very, very important when it comes to us serving the Lord. And that's one of the reasons why it is a part of this garment that the new man is to be clothed in. Before God could fulfill his promise to Israel, he first took them through the process of humbling them. And the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 8, 2 and 3, Remember, you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. And he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna, which your fathers knew not, neither, or which you knew not, neither did your fathers know, that you might know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So God took them through the wilderness and caused them to suffer hunger in order that he might humble them to prove them to see what was in their heart, whether they would have kept his commandments or no. And we know how miserably they failed, how miserably they failed. Jesus says in Matthew 23, reading from verse 11, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased or brought low. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. 
Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12. So humbleness. And then the Bible talks about meekness. That is the second piece of clothing that we are to clothe ourselves in. And that relates to us. How we are to conduct ourselves. What we are to portray. What we are to demonstrate. What others should see in us. Humility and meekness. We always or oftentimes associate meekness with weakness. But meekness is not weakness. Meekness is controlled strength. Meekness is controlled power. Having the power, having the authority. But at the same time also having the ability to control to restrain oneself. Yes, many Christians would give you the impression at times that, you know, they do this because simply because they feel like and because you feel like doing something means that you have to do it. You just, no, no, no. God has given us the ability to control ourselves that we know how to act and when to act. The Bible says that Moses was one of the meekest men ever lived. And think about Moses and the authority. Think about the power that he had. But he was meek in that he had the ability to control the power that he had. Ah, I was thinking to myself the other day, what is the, what is the proper use of power and influence if it is not to help somebody? What, what other purpose does it serve? I mean, genuine purpose. Does power and, or do power and influence serve if it is not to help somebody? The Bible says to us that we are to possess this humbleness of mind and we are to be meek. Then the third set of virtues, the last three, or as we are looking at them as the clothing for the new man, they have to do with how we should react when we are mistreated. And this is, this is, this is important. This is interesting for us to really focus on. Long suffering. That we are to be willing to suffer long with others. Others who might even offend us. That we are willing to suffer long with them. Now, many of us, you know, the first time, I give you a chance, the second time, but three strikes, you are out. And that's it as far as we are concerned. But, you know, the Bible says we are to be long-suffering, that we are to be patient. Yes, we are to be slow in avenging wrong. Oh, Lord, it's not as... As you know, somebody 
uh, offend us, that we just return the favor immediately. That's not the Christian spirit. That's not the Christian attitude. And and some of us, we are very sharp, very witty when it comes to that. And uh, as soon as, you know, something goes wrong, we're ready to fire back. But take a step back, friend. Take a step back. Just Just take a step back. Long suffering. The ability to suffer long. And you might be, have some loved one or some friend that you have been working with and praying for and you want to see them out of their situation that they're in. But you're saying to yourself, man, I have been laboring on this for so long and to no avail I have not seen any change. I think I'll just throw in the towel. I say to you, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. Long suffering is a part of the garment of the new man for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. That we are to be patient, long suffering, yes, willing to suffer long, to stay there with the person, to suffer with them. Not to say, well, I'm only going this far and then you're on your own. No, but willing to be there with them. No, they, they have that assurance. They have that, you know, confidence that, you know, when they're in a rough situation, they can call on us. We are going to be there. We are going to empathize. We're going to sympathize. We're going to help in whatever way we can because we are... Uh, you know, long-suffering. And even though they may have wronged us, but because we are long-suffering, we are willing to bear with the offense and we are slow in avenging the wrong that is uh, been done to us. This is how the Bible says that we are to react. Yes, when we are mistreated, that we are to be long-suffering. It is something that we are to practice. It is something that we are to think about, to be long-suffering. Oh, Lord, be patient. Patient. Uh, one, one, one man said, but I... I I want to be patient. I remember a sister saying to me, you know, I want to be patient, but the tribulation, I can't, um, I can't deal with. Well, the thing about it is, it is the tribulation that works patient. It, it is the things that we go through from day to day that develops patience in our lives, especially some things that we just cannot change. We just have no control over. We just have to patiently bear it, bear in our tribulation. And from that, we develop patience. And of course, long suffering there means that we patiently wait, patiently bear with one another. Yes, tarry with one another, wait for one another. Oh, Lord, long suffering. The second piece of garment that is mentioned there for the new man is that we bear with one another. Hmm. We endure with one another. 
we become burden bearers to help one another. Uh, can, can your brethren depend on you? Do they know that you're there to bear with them in their struggles, in their difficult, in their hardship, to be compassionate toward them, to help them, to go through whatever situation they're going through, to help them to overcome whatever it is that they need to overcome? Are we willing to bear with one another? We are patient with one another. That's one of the qualities of the spirit of 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 the character of christ and it's present to presented to us in the form of a garment for the bible said that we are to put it on put on as holy and beloved yes bowels of mercy of kindness and all of these things but we are to bear with one another and then the last that it mentions here is that we are to forgive one another. And this is an interesting piece of garment that all of us really need. Forgive one another. Jesus tells a story in Matthew chapter 18 in dealing with the subject of forgiveness and uh, he tells a story that there was a man a king who had you know distributed his merchandise some way somehow uh, maybe to investors as the case may be but when the time came for him to collect there was a man who owed him a whole lot thousands of, uh, you know, in, in quantity that he owed of silver. And uh, he could not pay the man. And the Bible says that the what should have happened, that both he and his family should would have been taken, that was the custom, taken into servitude where they would work for that man to repay that debt but the bible said the man went on his knees before the king and pleaded and you can imagine how he you know pleaded wholeheartedly and asked the man to have mercy on him and uh, the man's heart was touched and he decided to have mercy on him and not taking him and his family to become bond slaves. The man set him free, the man released him. But the Bible tells us in the story that the Lord told that this very same man went out and met one of his fellow men that owed him a hundred pence, practically nothing. And the Bible said he took him by the throat and said, pay me my money. And the man started pleading with him, hey, give me a chance and I will pay you. I will pay you, just give me a chance and I will pay you. And the Bible said he would not 
He would not. He just wanted his money. And he took the man and cast the man in prison. But then there were those servants who were with him, who knew what his master had just forgiven him, who knew what the king had just forgiven him. They were annoyed. They were upset. They were disturbed about what they saw. And they decided to tell the king what this man had just done. And as a result of what this man did, the king reversed his decision. And said, now if you could not forgive your fellow man that little amount, then you need to pay me. And as a result, he who was first released of that burden to go free is now taken into servitude along with his family. Yes. To serve, to pay back that money, all because he lacked forgiveness. And Jesus drove the message home. He says, so will your heavenly father treat you if you do not forgive one another. Oh, Lord. Forgiveness, my friends, is demanded of us as Christians. Yes, forgiveness is demanded of us. We are to be always willing to forgive. And I'm by no means saying that it is always easy. Sometimes it's hard because people do some wicked things to us. But the reality is we have no choice but to forgive. It's for our own good. It's for our own benefit. So as we wrap up the new man, yes, is to be clothed in righteousness. And these are the qualities that we are to portray as we live our lives from day to day. Oh, my friends. Oh, my friend. Time is against us. But I say to you again, who might be listening this morning and you have not yet surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And right where you are this morning, you can be saved and know the joy of having your sins forgiven. And I say to us believers, let us clothe ourselves in the righteousness of Christ and let us live the Christian life as we go from day to day. God bless you, my friends. Thank you, Father for another time together in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day. God bless you all. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.